Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Metzora and uh, last week's Parasha Tatsriya and this week's Parasha Metzora outlined the different forms in which the affliction of Tsaras could manifest in a person, it could manifest in a person's clothes, in the person's uh, furniture of his home and even in the walls of, of his house. So the length of this uh, malady had no limits. It was something that like it spread like a bad disease. And uh, so we are not only given the consequences of our uh, speech, of our Lashonara, of how we speak about other people, evil speak, speech when we talk derogatory or we say slander about somebody or when we make someone not look good in the eyes of another person or we even do fake news. So all this way of speaking would have consequences, and, uh, but most importantly is not that it had a consequence, the most important part of, the, of these two parashas, which are, is the focus of these parashas, is the purification process in which a person had to go through in order to be able to be purified, and not only purified, but he could be elevated into a more dignified person. So this week we're going to concentrate ourselves on the tzaraz that afflicted a person's home. And it says in the parasha, when you come into the land of Canaan, which I give to you as a possession, and I put a plague of Sarat upon a house in the land of your possession. And this is by Ikra 1434. And Rashi states that this was an announcement to them that the plagues would come upon them and that because of the Amorites concealed treasures of gold in the walls of their homes during the whole 40 years in which the Israelites lived in the desert, in the wilderness, it says here where, where in the wilderness in order that they would not possess them when they conquered the land and in consequence of the plague they would pull down the house and discover them. So for 40 years the Amorites were concealing their gold in the walls of their homes, the Jewish people were dwelling in tents and at the end of the day this passage Rashi comes to explain that it's like it's telling us you're gonna come into the land, you're gonna not behave well, you're gonna get these saras in the walls of your homes and at the end of the day it's gonna make you rich. So this is really mind-boggling, it doesn't make any sense, like a person goes and does something that is wrong and then at the end of the day he gets rewarded with gold. So this sounds very strange really. So one, on one hand we know that the walls of a home would be afflicted with saras due to a person's sins. This is something that the Torah is telling us straightforward and according to the Gemara in Arahim, it clearly states that the Sarat on the houses was a punishment for the sin of Sarat Ain. Sarat Ain means stinginess. When a person is stingy, when he is uh, tight fit, tight fitness, fight fitness. So the Gemara in Yoma gives a clear example of such behavior of, of a person who didn't want to lend his possessions to anybody or to others. Therefore, he would deny owning them. This was the, 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 the true sin. It was not that he didn't lend because sometimes you don't want to lend something. But he was saying, no, I don't have it. I don't have what you're asking me to lend you. I'm sorry, I don't have it. So the Kliyakar 
who was Rabbi Ephraim of Lundschitz, who lived in, in the 1500s and beginning of the 1600s, describes how the introduction addresses the mistake of a miserly person who is struck with saras upon his house. So if it was in your clothes, in your, in, in your skin, it was because of Lashonara. But here the Kliyakar is telling us specifically that this uh, situation that would happen in a home, in the walls of a home, came from a person that was stingy and didn't know how to share with others his possessions. So the Kliyakar states, it seems to me in regard that the main reason is because of miserliness, as our sages deduced, from the verse, and he to whom the house belongs shall come, to mean he who made this house belong only to himself and did not share it with others. So here is the answer. It's a person that thinks that everything he owns is only his. It, nobody has um, uh, ability to be able to also enjoy what that person owns. It's him, he made it himself. He's the owner of his possessions and did not share it and he does otherwise uh, on the other hand he doesn't share it with others for it is for this reason says the Kliyakar that God gave him for a possession a house full of all kindness of goodness in order to test him and see whether he would also share of his house with others so when Hashem blesses us with a home he blesses us with food in the fridge he blesses us with a nice place to be the truth is that we should open our homes to others this is a huge mitzvah to have people for Shabbat, to have people for Yom Tov, to have people that don't have where to stay. This is a huge mitzvah. So, so we see here, for the silver and gold is mine, says God, and all that a person gives to others is, is not from his own property, but rather from God's table, he merits it. So here the Kliyakar is very straightforward. He's explaining to us that the only reason that we would be wealthy, that we would have uh, possessions, that we can have comforts in our lives, in reality, so we can share with other people. It's not meant to be only, by, to be only enjoyed by ourselves. You know, in Architectural Digest, you see these gorgeous homes. They're decorated as exquisite houses. But the question is, does anybody ever sit in that sofa? Does anybody ever invite anybody for a meal in that beautiful dining room? So the, if the answer is no, then what's the whole purpose of all these possessions? What's the, the, the meaning for them? Is it just to be surrounded by beauty and not uh, share with others? So the Kliyakar here comes and tells us, therefore it is written, when you come to the land of Canaan, which I give to you as a possession, Hashem is telling us, when you come to, the, to live in the land of Canaan, I... God and giving it to you as a possession. He's giving it to us. So just as the same way as when we have a beautiful home, we open our door to, to guests and other people and, and, and everybody that needs a, a, a meal. Hashem in the same way opens his home, the land of Canaan, and he's giving it to us for us to enjoy and partake of it. So here he says, for it is not by their sword that they inherit the land, nor did they arm deliver them. 
but rather the right hand of God that is uplifted to give them the portion of the nations. So they won this war with the Amorites. They conquered the land of Canaan, but not because of their strength, not because of their weaponry, not because of their army, because Hashem gave it to them. He paved the way for the Jewish people to be able to come in the land of Israel and, and, and be the people who would live in it. And the, and and enjoy it. So the Kliyakar continues saying that there is no room for a misery to say, my strength and the power of my hand have achieved all this valor for me. So a miserly person, a person that is stingy by nature, is a person that feels that everything he has, he himself conquered, he himself worked for it. He was the one that was able to, to achieve it. <coughs> I'm sorry. So, so here, it, what it's telling us, for it is God, the Kliyakar is telling us, who gives you strength and possessions, therefore some of what, he, what is his should rightful be given to the poor of his nation. So this is why, for example, it is Sedaka or Maser, or Maser, what we're, it's a commandment. We're, it's, we're not special people because we give 10% of what we earn. When you give a, a, a nice check for Sedaka to a place, you're not being a sweet, nice person. You're just being what you have to be. Hashem gave you a hundred, you have to give ten. That's, it's not yours, it's His. And you have to learn how to give and how to share. So, and if you do not listen to His voice, says the Kliyakar, and you're among the miserly who attribute the possessions to themselves, then I shall place a plague of Sarat upon a house in the land of your possession. So from this we can see that fighting, finding a hidden treasure behind the walls of one's house is really not a reward. It's nothing to be to be proud of like if you in the times of, of, of the Mishkan and that which was not applicable because they lived in tents and they didn't have this problem they didn't have uh, this miserly attitude it, ca it came to them when they came to the land of Israel in the times of the temples or, or the Mishkan when it was in, in, in Shiloh this would be something that happened to homes that had stone, that were built by, with stone. So the Kliyakar regards it rather as a description of the states and feelings of a person which manifests in a plague. So when a person would find a treasure behind the walls of his home because it had to be demolished, in reality, the, what it was saying was this person is so stingy that this is the way that God gives him what he has. Like it was like an open way, an open revelation to show this person that what he has comes from Hashem. So the opening verse describes the good land that Hashem has given you, meaning that God is the one who has given the land for our possession. Again, it's repeating the Kliyakar. The one that gives us all our goodness is Hashem, nobody else. So a person who has this concept ingrained in his psyche will always be aware of the fact that all his possessions really belong to Hashem. They're, we're just a, a custodian of Hashem's wealth. He put us in this world to take care of his, of his, of his richness, of all his riches. So we see from here that uh, we 
as being the custodian of Hashem's goodness, He gives us a huge gift because it's a gift to be able to be a little like Him and be also good to others and share what we have. So therefore, He treats His belongings in a different way and He's able to share what He has with others. A person that realizes that Hashem is the one that gives him everything he has, has, a, has um, the, the capacity to be able to also be a giver. So by saying this, I want to make something very clear and that there is no recorded Avera sin of a person that doesn't lend his things. It's not a sin that a person doesn't want to lend his home or he doesn't want to borrow his uh, whatever, his, his, his china to somebody. It's not recorded anywhere. Sometimes people really don't want to lend their things because they don't want them to be damaged or, or they're too precious for them and that beautiful coat was given to that person by his mother it was it was by it was his mother's coat and she wants to still use it and it's precious to her so she's not gonna lend it because if it gets lost she's gonna lose the 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 love of of, of her mom in the coat you know what I mean the 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 the, the she's gonna lose that part of her mo of her mother that she feels is in the coat but that's not an avera that's not a sin the sin is that you don't want to share with someone else just because you don't want to share because you don't want anybody to touch your stuff you don't want to be a, a sharer you don't want to be helping other people so for example if it is something that is too precious for you then you wouldn't uh, you you don't have to share it because it's it's obvious it's not because of stinginess that you're not sharing this article it's because of your of your uh, feelings towards this article so but miserliness is a different uh, trait it's a negative very negative trait that mis must, be, must be corrected from this point of view Sarat of the house is not really punishment but rather it's an opportunity for that person to correct his ways so a miserly person is a person that is stingy that doesn't want to give anything to anybody uh, that he just doesn't want to share anything and and this is where the problem comes so according to the Midrash in Vaikra Rabbah the way in which this ugly character trait would be corrected was through the procedure of the house owner being forced to reveal his property in public so he would have to bring everything that was inside of his house outside into the into the into the street and this was very shameful because if a person came before and asked him for a hammer, if he could lend him the hammer, and this miser would say, no, I'm sorry, I don't have a hammer, then at the moment that he had to bring everything out for the process of purification of his home, the person would see, oh my God, this person does own a, a hammer. And this person would be ashamed because he lied. He lied to the other person. So. So it says here, at the time of the correction, everyone would see that indeed he did own the hammer and this was would cause a lot of shame on the person who was going through the purification process of his home and inwardly of himself. The Kliyakar adds in an even deeper way, in a deeper uh, way of explaining this, 
is, is that the correction that is affected by means of saras on the house, the plague on this house would lead the person not only to feel shame before his friends and neighbors, but also cause him to feel that his own ownership of those possessions is diminished. So he would feel like, you know, he comes out with all these chachkes that he never lent to anybody, he would feel like all his possessions mean nothing. And this person has forgotten that God is the true owner of his property and that he has given him everything, everything. And he has been a, a tight-fisted in his possessions that he can't share any of it. And this would make him realize the horrible character trait that he had. And that saras that appeared on the wall or walls of the home was not uh, a regular mold. This was not like what we call today black mold. Although, you know, Hashem, talks to us through things. So when we see things that are not normal in our lives, are things that are going on, we should really do a Heshbon Hanefesh and really look inside of us to see what character traits we have inside of us that need to be corrected because nothing is random in life. Everything, everything is there to give you an extra push for you to be able to refine yourself in even more. So uh, it, this, this malady, this mold would not be treated like you treat it today. This malady was sent by God to remind the person who the true owner of the house was. And the person had to correct his ways and if he would correct his ways, the, the, how he, the home would be healed. So what he had to do, uh, this purification process was really very short. He would bring everything outside, all his possessions. The house would be sealed for seven days. And if after the seven days, this person had done Teshuvah, he had corrected this bad character trait, the moment they opened the house again, they would see that everything was healed. But if it wasn't healed, then they would have to scrape the wall and then seal it again and wait seven days more and they would come back and if it was not healed then they would have to like open a uh, take out that piece of the wall and if it would continue to to go into other walls and everything the whole house had to be demolished so here comes the punchline about this whole ordeal and if the wall had to be demolished or the house at large why would this stingy person find a treasure of gold hidden inside his walls? Like, why? Like, hello, you, you, you mistreat others, you are stingy, and then Hashem uh, rewards you with all this wall, gold, he makes you even richer? It doesn't make sense. So Rashi's explanation with that of the Kliyakar combined, following the Midrash, according to which the Torah is giving good news about finding a treasure, first we must understand that finding the treasure is the end of the process. So this is the consequence to what this person is and the person by needing to remove all his possessions from the house so everybody can see what he owns it would cause in him some some shame and this shame would also bring him to want to do teshuvah he would re recognize that there's something wrong in him and then when they had to take off a part of the wall this is like they're breaking your your psyche you know they're breaking you up a home is a very precious place a home is a place where people feel safe where people feel secure is where your secure blanket is is when you come out of work and you're tired you only want 
gonna get home and plop on your couch and you feel good in your house so a home is a very important place for a person it's a it's a per, it's a place of, of, of security so here what what the Kliyakar and Rashi is trying to tell us is that the true security and this is the message that was given to the person that had this malady of, of misery the true security and the true shelter that we have in our lives is only in Hashem we only have God he's our only security God is the only security there's only God we think that a house is our security but in reality it's not it's a delusion so we see from here that when he's left with nothing of his own he comes to understand who is the real owner of his house when everything is demolished he has no house left and suddenly they find this great treasure at this point he's so broken and he realizes like i'm nothing without god really hashem is the only one that provides for me and then you see Hashem has a good sense of humor and this is the way that he shows this person that he's the one that gives him everything even if, if it's main, me, meant to be that it's behind his walls Hashem is very creative in the way that he provides for us so we should never think that we're our own self-made people that we make ourselves on our own it, there's a God behind us he sends always the right person to help us he sends us the right education that we need to be able to fulfill what we have to fulfill yes we have to put our work we have to work we have to learn we have to do but in reality if we're gonna have possessions they only come from God so every little thing you own in reality is given to you by Hashem even your toothbrush so from here we 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 have to come to this realization and never forget where where our blessings come from and be people that are willing to give to others there's nothing nicer than to be a giver in life you're either a giver or a taker and believe me it's better to be a giver so we're gonna leave it here i want to wish you a good good week a beautiful shabbat next week i won't be giving you any classes because i'm preparing for pesach but i want to wish you a pesach kosher besameach you should have a beautiful kosher with your fam a beautiful pesach with your family you should enjoy that time and remember live a little higher thank you